The following is a hoop ball presentation. Yeah! Hello and welcome back to Hoop Ball Hawks, the show here on the Hoop Ball Network that is taking flight where we cover everything regarding the Atlanta Hawks. I'm your host, Brad Harden, reporting live from Atlanta, Georgia today, and we are recording on Sunday, October 25th. So happy NFL Sunday to all you people who are enjoying this fresh slate of NFL football here on this Sunday. And today we have a special NBA draft episode with our special guest that was so good last week. Got a lot of buzz from the episode, so shout out to y'all. I'm going to give y'all flowers in a minute. But we had to bring him back, the pro basketball skills trainer, Mr. ATL player development, hashtag Atlanta basketball trainer, also known as Swissful Athletics, Mr. Jordan Boatwright. Jordan, how are you doing on this Sunday? I'm doing good. How about you, man? Man, I am living. Um, definitely a little stressed from fantasy football and NFL football currently, but we get to talk hoops, so that's a stress reliever. So, you know, I'm doing good on my end. And so I, I know that uh, he, you are a Steelers fan, and as we are recording, the Steelers are in a tight battle with the Titans. So hopefully both wins for our teams. Everybody on the program knows them as Saints fans. Who that? Uh, but nothing against the Falcons. I, li- I like to see the, the home team win sometime, and hopefully they get it done today. But as I said before, we here to talk hoops. We here to talk Hawks, and we here to talk the draft. So, and we'll plug Jordan later in the episode to check him out on his socials, see what he got going on. Uh, like I said, he just he got we got so much love last week and feedback from all of you. So, from the bottom of my heart, I just say I appreciate every single one of you for the support of this show and last episode. Uh, we promise to continue to deliver. And I know our guest will deliver today as he has some very juicy takes that you guys will, you know, eat up. Feel free to engage us on social media as well, because uh, I know we had a fan last week engage us about your take, Jordan, about um, trading JC. And he definitely was trying to draw the line in the sand. And I said, hey, that was Jordan's take, not mine. <laughs> I, 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 I said I would like to, to keep him, but it wouldn't be right for us if we did not mention his trade value, because, I mean, everyone else, every other executive in the league is talking about it. So why should we shy away from it on this program, even though, like I said, I, I would love to hold on to him? Yeah. Yeah. But uh, but but with that, we will move on from the sentimental talk and move on to draft talk. It, it is less than a month away now on November 18th at 7 p.m. Eastern Standard Time on ESPN live from the main campus in Bristol, Connecticut, where Commissioner Adam Silver will be announcing the picks live. And I continue to joke, but I am dead serious about this. That the, the draft day coincides with an OVO holiday, which is the song November 18th by Drake. So please, ESPN, put the instrumental on the broadcast, put it on repeat, or do it at least once or twice to, to get us excited. Because for the OVO people, you know, who celebrate that holiday, listening to that song every year, like I do. I always listen to that song every year. Now, it might be going a little overboard. It might be doing too much. But I just want to put that idea in the cosmos. I think it would be dope. Uh, but what is dope and not dope is that the Hawks have another top 10 pick this year, as the Hawks will pick six, as we've been talking about in previous shows, in its upcoming draft. And there are a lot of speculation around this year's draft as far as what will the Hawks do with this draft pick? 
where there is no clear number one pick in this draft. There is a top three, maybe four, and a drop-off from four or five, depending on who you talk to. And and there's some, you know, some good players in the early rounds that could blossom into good players in this league, whether they're a serviceable starter, sixth man, uh, they find a role in the league and they and, and they're really good at that role. But I feel like in this draft, there's a lot of prospects. And I do mean prospects uh, that they do some things well, but may need some further development upon getting in the right situation, right system and developing with that franchise, whoever selects them, which is nothing wrong with that in a society that, you know, Jordan alluded to last week that once instant gratification and success, this draft would be so easy to dismiss. But I think that there's some gems that can help the Hawks. And I certainly understand if they decide to package this draft pick or draft picks with some assets to acquire someone on this roster that's a proven contributor. And that's personally where I am leaning towards. But I must put personal feelings aside, be journalistic, be an analyst, and cover some prospects that could fit well with the Hawks, whether they keep the sixth pick, trade up, or trade back in the draft. So those are the three layers as far as this draft conversation we're going to get into. And we're going to start off with keeping the sixth pick. Now, I made this a running segment in the show because I have gone on record saying that there will be a high chance that we move on from the sixth pick in some fashion. But I have said in the past that Devin Vassell, the 6'7", two guard from Florida State, was my favorite player in that spot. But as of late, after looking at some prospects, seeing some other mock drafts, doing some soul searching on my own and, you know, bouncing ideas off of Jordan, who that's why we have him on the program. I'm starting to see some other prospects that I'm liking as well. And I've seen Vassal sliding down in some of the mock drafts a little later to positions nine to 13 in some mock drafts. So he could fall into the segment, which we talk about later in the program, if the Hawks trade back. But we will talk about some other prospects around in the sixth range that could fill some of the Hawks' need, which I have stated for the Hawks are defense. Defense. All right, that's a joke. But seriously, we need defensive help. In particular, with now adding Capella, perimeter defense, that would be a huge plus for this Hawks team. We would like to have more three-point shooting, more capable three-point shooting, as you, you know, the other players that we already have on the roster are continuing to grow in that aspect. If we can add some three-point shooting, whether in the draft, whether in free agency trade, that will only help this team. And a secondary ball handler who can play alongside Trey Young and initiate the offense or give Trey Young some spells and let them initiate the offense when he's off. So we will talk about some of those options. Uh, the first option that I have already mentioned on this program, Isaac Okoro, guard slash forward from Auburn, who is an Atlanta native. And like I said, we covered him. I gave a little profile on him a few episodes back. If you would like to go back to that episode, definitely check it out, see what you think about him. And a lot of mock drafts are still putting him between 6 and 10. So I kept him here as he feels the need as a playmaker, facilitator, great defender with great athleticism that can play the two or three for this Hawks team. Wouldn't need to become a better shooter, but can walk into the league now and be a pretty good defender, you know, just coming out of college at such a young age. He's young, but his game is very mature. He possesses the high IQ for the game already. Very underrated passer. So it'll be very interesting to see how teams work with him and develop him. But I like the potential fit here in Atlanta. A lot of experts do. Jordan, what is your take on Okoro for the Hawks? I really like his his, his game. He, he's definitely athletic. I, I feel like he could walk in and, and defend a 
pretty much anybody one through three right now. Uh, offensively, uh, like you said, he, he definitely needs to improve on his jumper. But I think I think he'd he'd be a good fit here. I'm not sure if he'd come in and start immediately or if if he'd come off the bench. But I do like his fit. But I just don't know offensively where he would plug in, and I I, I think that's kind of my dilemma with him as a just where he would go offensively and what he would be doing offensively. I definitely agree. I know that some people have compared him to uh, Bembry, who is, you know, a former Atlanta Hawk and has been seen training with John Wall on the offseason. And Bembry played the three, but he was a lot of a point forward for us in this Hawks yeah. team in the past. So couldn't you see him playing the three? Or because I know they have him, you know, he played a little bit of two in college, but but do you see where is a better fit if he were to be drafted for the Hawks? I see a lot of Bembry in this game, but I also I don't know if this is the right segment for it, but I don't think they're going to bring Bembry back because of his lack of three-point shooting, and I think that's what Akaro's uh, will be the same thing. So if you're going to not re-sign somebody for the lack of shooting, then you know tr- uh, draft somebody who's the exact same mold doesn't really make sense. And from what I think the Hawks are trying to do, they're trying to emulate a lot of West Coast teams. So I feel like this draft, you have to look at everybody and look at what their intent is for drafting them and then their their potential, I guess. So that's just why I'm kind of like stuck on his his offensive side. I, I don't know. I don't, it doesn't make sense for me for him to be their pick at six. Yeah, and and I definitely understand where you're coming from as far as shooting. A lot of people say he's kind of like a jack of all trades. And I saw another comparison outside of Bembry. I've seen Andre Iguodala as well. And it's probably because of, you know, his defense availability. He can do a lot of things well. Uh, and, you know, Andre Iguodala is not known for shooting. And yeah. I am on the record as well that I don't think they're bringing DeAndre Bembry back personally. If they're going to have someone to initiate the offense outside of Trey Young, especially in that second unit, I would like for it to be a guard personally. Uh, nothing against point forwards, and I will talk about a potential point forward around in this range uh, in, in a few moments. But I definitely see your concerns, and I like Okoro just for what he could do defensively. But you're absolutely right for us to not bring back Bembry and replace him with someone younger with the same skill set just doesn't make sense. And so I definitely see that. The next player who I've mentioned on this podcast as well, he's an exciting young playmaker. It would be interesting to see what he could do for the Hawks, but there's some holes in this game, and his holes are a little bit more defensively because of his uh, stature. Even though he is 6'5", I'm missing Killian Hayes on this program. Like I said, he's a young, exciting playmaking guard from France. 6'5", reminds me a little bit of Ginobili with his movements. D'Angelo Russell is another comparison I've seen, and Lonzo Ball just from his stature. But he's not known as a defender, as I mentioned. He would be a great backup guard, and but I don't know how he could play alongside of Trey because he is a player that needs the ball in his hand just like Trey Young does. And him, them on the same court, I don't know, especially with Hayes not being a strong defender. Yet, but he is young. He is young. But as I mentioned, there's another guard that we talked about offline that I am liking more and more as I watch him, look at film, read more about this kid, who I think is a better fit for the Hawks, a better defender, and a better shooter than Hayes, which Hayes will grow into a better shooter. I think his form is not broken by any stretch. He has touched, but he will develop into that and he's young and it depends on the right system for Hayes. But this next player I'm liking more 
is Tyrese Halliburton. Tyrese Halliburton is a 6'5 guard from Iowa State who last year averaged 15 points per game, almost six rebounds per game, six and a half assists per game, 50% from the field, shot 41.9% from three last year, and averaged two and a half steals for the Cyclones. And he gets the occasional block with his long arms and his height as a guard, which I think how he plays, I think he would be a better fit because I can see him deferring to Trey Young and still being a decent spot-up shooter, initiating offense. He's a really, really good passer. And as I mentioned before, Okoro isn't the shooter that Halliburton is, nor Hayes. And for me, Tyrese checks all three boxes as far as the Hawks need. He's long and rangy, as I mentioned. He's a defensive playmaker, got got a lot of steals and initiate the break and can finish as well. Pretty good spot-up shooter, as I mentioned, whether mid-range or behind the arc. He can play, you know, the one guard or the two guard, and I can see him deferring to Trey Young as well as initiating the offense when Trey Young is not on the court. He's a very efficient player, high IQ, great passer, as I mentioned, with a great assist-to-turnover ratio with even more room to grow physically because he's 6'5 and roughly 180 pounds, so he'll definitely need a little bit more on his frame, and I think he will get that once coming into the league. And because of his stature, he draws comparisons to Lonzo Ball and Dante Exum because he does have a little bit of a slower release on his shot, as I mentioned, his frame and size, but he has really good rebounding ability at the guard position. And I like Devin Vassell still, but he's slowly replacing Devin Vassell as my favorite prospect for the Hawks, followed by Okoro. But what is your take on Tyrese Halliburton, Jordan? Uh, he's, he's a very interesting player, in my opinion. But for the Hawks, I, I feel like, like, like I said, what, what's the Hawks' intent with each player? And I feel like they're looking for a secondary playmaker, I, I guess. And I feel like his ceiling, he's another ball-dominant guard. So I think if the Hawks kind of drafted him, it, I think him and Trey, I don't think they would play well just because of their their, their style of play. Um, not to say that he can't play next to another ball-dominant guard, but I think he's a little bit better than uh, what people are giving him. I think he could definitely run an, an NBA offense on his own and be that lead guard. And I think that, that's kind of where he, he should be. I see the Dante Exum comparisons. I definitely like that a lot. I think he's a he's a better shooter. I think he's a better f- facilitator than that. But I think it would kind of limit his ceiling if he was paired up to to Trey Young. In in my opinion, I definitely see where you're, where you're coming from because, like I said, they do some of the similar things. Except Halliburton is obviously six five compared to Trey Young's height. But I I think he could potentially defer. Be, with him being six five, and if he was asked to do it, because he is a he's a team player, he he's not really a selfish player. From what you know, people have talked about and the chatter about him, he is very selfless and very team first. So mm-hmm. I think that if if it called for him to be in that two guard position alongside Trey Young and defend, which he's known to get steals, I think he would be a, a pretty adequate defender in this league. Uh, and if he continues to put some weight on his frame. I think yeah. he can translate to an even better defender in this league. And with him being able to shoot the ball, and I just feel like you can like split the court kind of in half if he's out there with Trey Young and have him working, you know, two-man game or if they have three on one side of the court and let Trey do the, you know, two-man game with John Collins or Capella, and he still has the ability to catch and shoot. But 
you, you know what? I mean, like I said, I can be wrong, and I will admit if I'm wrong personally. I'm not a prideful person at all. So oh, yeah. it'll be very interesting to see. But I, I, I see where you're coming from. With like I said, they both do the same thing. So yeah, but but also most West Coast teams are are most teams are now doing that that two guard set as well. So if he's a team player and he's he's willing to play off the ball, I could definitely see how it it could definitely work. But I have noticed that trend, like you know, like with the Trailblazers, and I think Cleveland's mm-hmm. doing it. Yeah, the Warriors obviously, you know, the Rockets. A lot of teams are playing with the two ball, ball dominant guards, or just two two guards in that lineup. So you can see his potential of how it would work. But like I said, I just think it would limit his ceiling because I think he needs to be that that, that number one option. Because I see, I just see a lot of potential with him. Yeah, and and I and I've seen a lot of people, you know, paired him with Detroit uh, as Detroit will probably look to move on from Derrick Rose and him falling to Detroit. Detroit would be perfect as their, you know, franchise player guard in that role. And I've seen him landing on other spots. But before we get to the next player who is different, but he's been linked with the Hawks as well in a lot of mock drafts, do you think that two-guard system, as we've seen success with it, but we've seen, you know, people like teams like the Trailblazers hit roadblocks with it, what do you feel about that two-guard system? Is that conducive for this team or in the league or as we've seen with you know the lakers having that massive front court with you know adequate guards and 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 definitely smart guards in uh, caruso who makes smart plays and obviously rondo who's legendary with his iq as far as basketball what's your thoughts on that style of play as a lot of people are trying to compare guards in mock drafts to the atlanta hawks I mean, I, I don't have a problem with just have to put the right personnel around. And that's that's a thing that a lot of people just forget. They just see the, the dynamic guards. They just feel like they can go get two guards and make it work. But it's a lot with the personnel and, and coaching that, uh, you know, that works with it. Like with, with that Lakers team, you know, there's not another LeBron or another Rondo out there. So that's kind of a, a unique system that they have because they actually play with a lot of like one dimensional players. And they're kind of going out of style with today, with everybody being being able to pass, dribble, shoot, and defend. But with LeBron and Rondo out there, you could have a lot of one-dimensional players and still exploit defenses. But I think that's the whole setup with the two-guard lineup is you got, you know, a slasher, you got a shooter, you got somebody that, that can kind of do both. So you don't really, you can stretch the court out and stretch the defense out. And that's essentially what, you know, what LeBron and, and, and Rondo do themselves. So... Two guard lineups, I don't have an issue with it. Like I said, it's just the the personnel, like the other three, you know, and four players coming off the bench and stuff. They just have to. It just has to be a good fit, you know. You got to have you, you, the saying is, KYP, know your your personnel. So you got to have the right personnel if you're going to have an undersized, weak defensively guard, you know, on on the court. You got to surround them with defensive, you know, minded players and. I feel like, you know, the, the the Hawks are doing it right by getting a, a lot of playmakers and shooters around them. So, yeah, if if you put the right personnel around, I think it works. I don't I don't see anything wrong with it. Yeah, I definitely see your take. I definitely agree with that. And who better than obviously Travis Slank, who came from Golden State and had a similar system and it worked there, obviously culminated in championships. And I trust his decision making and his track record with the players that he has drafted and the, how they have constructed a roster. So I definitely can see it working, but I can see it, you know, the latter half as well. But like I said, this next player is a little different than the other players we've mentioned who has been appearing on many mock drafts as a fit for Atlanta is forward center from USC, 
on Yekka, on Gakwu, and I got that perfectly, thank you, Lord. Uh, he's drawing a lot of comparisons to John Collins and Montrez Harrell, which on the surface, and I know to me, really doesn't make sense unless the Hawks are parting ways with Collins, which I personally don't think they should. However, as a prospect, he is an exceptional rim protector. He has the link to send shots back. And even on bigger players, he can finish with both hands around the rim. He's an athletic, physical player. He is good at not fouling on defense and can make reason get steals for a big man, which is great. Great rebounder, especially on the offensive glass. Needs to become a better shooter in all facets, but it's a plus that he can guard positions three through five because he is very agile and very athletic. Even with J.C. on the team, if he's coming off the bench playing alongside Deadman, who can stretch the floor with his shooting, it could make for a formidable front court off the bench. And if he can improve his shooting with the great player development that we have here in Atlanta and with, like I said, J.C. and Deadman being able to shoot pretty well and could push him in the system, eh, I, I can see it. But what is your take here? I don't, I don't really see you a decent fit for him here because of, you know, the front court that we do have already. And it's, it's kind of weird that I've seen a lot of mock draft pair him with Atlanta. So what is your take on, on Oyeka? I'm kind of a big fan of him. I see a lot of Bam in, in his game. Um, and I think that's why they kind of put him here because with the, you know, with the GM being from Golden State, I can see him kind of being like a, Draymond, you know, but better. Um, but like I said, like like more like a Bam, and he can really guard like one through five with this with his his physicality. And like I was speaking earlier, watching uh, the, the GM speak at at an interview, his mindset he's going for the best available player, um, not necessarily the best fit, but the best available player. Or you know, he's trying to emulate those West Coast teams. So I think I think that's why a lot of my drafts are putting him there. So obviously, if they draft him, like I said, uh, they're not about to max out JC. So he's probably going to be a trade piece, and you could get a lot of other you know pieces in, involved and stay under the salary cap. So then they could go for a you know a bigger superstar, you know, in a year or two, whenever you know some names are are available. But I see him being a, a really good fit in uh, what they're going for here in 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 Atlanta of what they're trying to build as, as far as you know their what they're trying to emulate with the West Coast offense and the physical defense and everything, I think he would be their their fit if he doesn't get snatched up before uh, six. Yeah, and I definitely see, you know, the picture, the masterpiece that they are trying to accomplish here in Atlanta. And if he does end up, you know, being here, he could he could be a fit, especially, I mean, I think they improved defensively. They improved defensively with him on the court. Uh, and he is so athletic. He is so athletic. And I've seen so many clips of guards switching on him and keeping guards in front of him. And as a big man, that is that's a special skill. I mean, we've seen we saw it with Anthony Davis in the finals with them switching, you know, smaller players on Anthony Davis offensively trying to get a mismatch. And Anthony Davis does a great job of just keeping them in front. And then obviously they're going to try to shoot over him and he can alter shots and I can see him doing the same. And I like the comparison to Bam Adebayo and I've seen a lot of Bam in this game as well. I would love to see him get better as a, you know, dribbler playmaking type to fit more of that Bam Adebayo narrative. So I see why they have compared him early on to John Collins, but a lot of potential. He has some great skill already and being in the right system, I think the you know sky is really the limit with him. I think he's I think he's going to be one of those players that I know that they're not talking about a lot as they think it's not a great draft, but in the right system he could be a player that really really succeeds in this league.
Oh yeah, definitely. He's a he's a glue guy, I guess is what, what, what they call him. So so yeah, I think and I think all of his offensive deficiencies are a simple fix, like his ball handling, you know, his <laughs> passing and all that stuff. I think before the season starts, he'll be a lot more efficient with that. That's that's just simple film and having a coach next to you, you know, for a couple of weeks, just, just letting you know. So yeah. th- th- that's why I think he's a, he's an easy and a, a simple plug in for the Hawks. Yeah. He is a young player. He, you know, only spent one year at USC. So, I mean, he has, you know, sky's the limit with him. It's just a matter of getting in the right system. Uh, but before we talk about the next scenario of trading up, it's time for another plug for express VPN. Okay, so we all know how a VPN protects your privacy and security online, right? I mean, I dabbled a little bit in it before, but after learning about ExpressVPN, I had to see what's up. And it's taking my TV watching game to the next level. You can use a VPN to unlock movies and shows that are only available in other countries. I'm continuing. I'm getting close to the end, but I'm still watching my favorite show over this past weekend, Prison Break, which is only available on Netflix UK. So I use ExpressVPN. It was simple. Just fired up the app, changed my location to the UK, refreshed Netflix, and bam, my boy Schofield out here coming up with another plan to yet break out of another prison. There is no prison that can hold my man. And there's nothing better than ExpressVPN. See, ExpressVPN hides your IP address and lets you control where you want sites to think you're located at. You can choose from almost 100 different countries. So just think about all the Netflix libraries you can go through. You love anime? Well, use ExpressVPN to access Japanese Netflix and Kamehameha away. You get that, Dragon Ball Z? Well, anyway, it's not just Netflix. ExpressVPN works with any streaming service. Hulu, BBC iPlayer, YouTube, you name it. There are a hundred and hundreds of VPNs out there. But the reason I use ExpressVPN to watch shows because it's ridiculously fast. There's never any buffering or lag, and you can stream it in HD with no problem. ExpressVPN is also compatible with all your devices, phones, media consoles, smart TVs, and more. So you can watch what you want on the go, on the big screen, doesn't matter wherever you are. So if you visit my special link right now, expressvpn.com hoopball, you can get an extra three months of ExpressVPN. Three months. So support the show. Watch what you want to watch and protect yourself at expressvpn.com slash hoopball. Now, we're going to get on to the next scenario, talking about the draft for the Hawks, and it's talking about trading up in the draft. Now, with the flexibility that the Hawks have with their assets, with no clear number one pick, teams in particular like the Golden State Warriors could potentially look to trade out of that spot. There's a lot of speculation on that and trade back to where the Hawks sit at six, which is from a lot of experts a good spot as there are a lot of players that could gym and blossom into great players down the road. And if there are other players that are more of a fit for the Warriors scheme at six and with the cap space that we have here to take on contracts, such as Andrew Wiggins, have I mentioned before, or Draymond Green, who I think they're probably going to keep, but if they want to sell him off to Atlanta, they, they definitely could and give us the number two pick to the Hawks. Who would the Hawks get at number two? But before we talk about options, I will put out that, like, as I mentioned, a lot of experts think after picks three or four, there's a drop-off as far as talent in this draft. And with that in mind, 
it may not make sense for us to trade up to get into that spot if we don't see someone that we absolutely love. However, I think there is the option to get into the spot because at this point, it, it depends on basically whoever the T-Wolves don't get at two, which right now is between LaMelo Ball and Anthony Edwards, which I'm hearing they're leaning more to LaMelo Ball in that spot. James Wiseman is a great prospect in his own right, and I think that many people are looking at him defensively with his size and la- lack of lateral quickness and being turned off by him. But I think that they're sleeping on his ability to shoot as a seven-footer, which you know, it's very invaluable in this game today. And we don't know really about Wiseman with the lack of sample size that he had as far as film this past year with his short tenure at Memphis, with the suspension, unfortunately, by the NCAA. But we don't know the work that he's put in this offseason as well. So he could come in and totally redefine this game with a lot of time off. But having said that, the Hawks, as I mentioned, already have Capella, already have Collins, Deadman. And possibly signing, you know, Skylar B. Sierra, who was at minicamp with the Hawks. So, like I said, it wouldn't make sense for us to get Wiseman if we were to trade up there. And I think that if we were to trade into the number two spot, I think it will come down to whoever the T-Wolves don't get, which I think they'll get LaMelo Ball, which would automatically lend us, who I mentioned before, to potentially getting the former Georgia Bulldog, the Atlanta native, Anthony Edwards, a.k.a. Ant-Man, but the Hawks thought that LaMelo Ball was the number one player in this draft, and they really liked him. And Danny Avia, potentially, if they trade up to two, as he's rising in uh, his stock as well. Danny, I see you! Uh, but he is less likely, I think, in my opinion, out of the three to be chosen by the Hawks, unless they really want to point forward in that regard. And as I mentioned, recent reports say that the Warriors are not really high on LaMelo Ball or Wiseman, or center in that current position in the draft, which means they may possibly look back to trade out to get a center if they do like Ongaku, who I just mentioned, or if they trade for a center around the league that has proven productivity, like Miles Turner, who I've talked about on this program, or Andre Drummond, who there's you know reports of trade scenarios drawing with Cleveland as well. But as I mentioned, I think the dream scenario for the Hawks would be if they traded up to get Anthony Edwards, who would be a pretty good two guard to play alongside with Trey Young and could, could potentially be a star in the league. I know that some people, I know Brad Rowland on the Locked on Hawks podcast, great show, by the way, talked about they think that his floor is a little lower than what people expect. But if he develops something, he could have a high ceiling. And I personally salivate at the you know potential of having him in the backcourt uh, with Edwards' ability to get to the rim and finish with either hand. He can shoot pretty well, although he was streaky at times, and the shot selection could use some work. He can ball handle, which can improve, uh, pass off the drive, and can adequately guard the perimeter based on his tangibles and low. Now he needs to improve defensively, but I think in the right system, and if he's not given the keys to the castle right away, he can focus on improving little aspects in his game and grow in the right system, especially with him being so young. I think the right system could definitely unlock more in his game and help him develop more of his skills, his efficiency, and working on the defensive end. So it's truly, like I said, the sky's the limit. And as I mentioned, Brad Rowland on Locked On Hawks, mentioned in his podcast, and I wholeheartedly agree that if he was not, if he was coming into the league not the man on the team, it could be a spot-up shooter and develop some of those aspects that I've already mentioned with the addition of Landry Fields to our front office, who is known for player development, and as well as Lloyd Pierce, who has been known as a player development guy for years. We've seen the track record here at the Hawks with the development of J.C. and Trey Young. 
that could push Edwards and ultimately benefit him in the long run of his career if he's improving other aspects of his game. And me envisioning a lineup with Trey Young, Ant-Man, Hunter or Redis, depending on who's there, Collins and Capella could be a force for years to come for the Hawks. However, there is a lot of work, as I mentioned, that needs to be done in this game. And I think him being in the right system where he can truly learn and grow would help him reach that ceiling instead of that floor that they mentioned. And as I alluded to before, as a couple of days ago, the T-Wolves do not see a clear choice for the number one pick right now, even though I think they're going to lean more towards LaMelo Ball with the personnel that they have. So who knows? But like I said, if, if, if they are high on onwards and the Hawks can negotiate a trade to get up there, you know, potentially the, the team will have actually talked about openly maybe potentially trading out of number one if they don't see someone who can help them win now in the draft and be alongside of Cat and D'Lo in Minnesota. But I think logically, like I said, Edwards and Ball would make sense for their current roster and structure, and I lean more towards Ball. But as far as the Hawks are concerned, Jordan, what do you think about the scenario if the Hawks can magically trade up and land Edwards, the home hometown kid, the neighborhood hero, like Lil Dirk song? Shout out to Dirk, yo, very underrated rapper, by the way. But what is your thoughts on uh, Anthony Edwards and the Hawks? I think I think that that'd be a really interesting fit. I think I think he'd be a good fit if they would allow him to be the, the number one option. I think he needs to come to the league and get you know twenty twenty five shots a night, but. I think if the Hawks are also trying to win, that wouldn't be the best fit for them because he's going to need a year or two to, you know, to, to learn how to win and everything and just get his shots up, and that's not going to equal to a lot of wins during that time. But, I mean, it's, it's, it's a great storyline, but I don't, I don't think the Hawks are in the feel-good story anymore. I think they're trying to win like we've talked about. But, uh, so I, I, I don't know how, how that'll go with, with Trey trying to get him up and him trying to get him up and they're not really the best defensive guards either. Um, I, I'm not, I, I'm not sure. I guess they'd have to revamp the, the, the lineup around them or the, the, the roster around them to make it work. But I, it definitely would be an offensively dynamic lineup that they could have and they would put up great numbers, but they put up good numbers last year and defensively they put up even better numbers, I guess, the people scoring on them. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, <laughs> yeah. I don't think I don't think that would be the best uh, fit unless we're going for storylines here. Yeah, there will be scenarios that he does need to come into the league and take a lot of shots so he can learn his spots on the floor. That's why um, I think Charlotte would be a good fit for him. Yeah, <laughs> I think sure. that's that's I think that's where he's going to go. To be honest, but I but I, I see that him getting shots, but I think maybe potentially not being the number one option in learning more how to fit into a system may help him work on his efficiency. Unlike, you know, Andrew Wiggins, you know, when he came into the league, he was asked to do so much and he wasn't efficient and he had to grow and learn the hard way to grow into that. As far as a player, maybe if he was in a system where he had to defer to young and he was able to, you know, work, continue to work on his shot. Cause obviously you can always get better at your shot and be a, be a shooter and maybe get to the rim at some points and do some things there that maybe he could yeah. mess with this team. But I definitely see him, you know, like you said, going to a Charlotte. Uh, and, he, and I've seen his draft stock fall between two and seven. So he could fall back in another team with more of a need for a score like that could pick, yeah. him, up, pick him up and maybe we wouldn't have to even trade up. Like I said, it just depends on who the, the Hawks value in that top three spot, which they're fine personally where they are with the gyms that we have mentioned already in this program. So 
Yeah, it would be an interesting fit him him or Lamelo. I think they they'd be interesting. I think Lamelo would be a dynamic fit as well. But defensively, that that'd be my concern. But I think putting Trey off the ball and having Lamelo run point that would be really uh good. Like I just think that that offense would really be a lot more efficient, getting and make Trey shots come a lot easier. And then that fourth, you know, he'd be cooking a, a, a lot better. Yeah, especially you know with ball being <laughs> reportedly six seven six eight, yeah, uh, and his ball handling is still you know pretty good, especially for a person who's had the growth spurt that he's had. Uh, yeah, no, exactly. no for passing, no for setting people up. He wouldn't be called to shoot threes, even though he can hit them. Even though his shot, uh, most importantly, his lower body does look a little wonky when he shoots that three. But it'll be very exciting. Lamelo Ball, to Gucci Man. Quavo uh, at the State Farm Arena. That would just draw some headlines and uh, yeah, see what CDSO. Yeah, so, yeah, so both of those players would, you know, make for great storylines, headlines. Uh, maybe wouldn't improve the Hawks defensively, as we talked about in this program, but it would be very interesting fits nonetheless. Um, and then the last player, if they were to trade up, I mentioned uh, Danny. I see you, Danny Avia who I have mentioned on this podcast and his stock has been really rising as of late. Uh, he possesses point forward abilities and he's intriguing at six, nine as a forward. A lot of people project him playing either the three or the four, depending on which system he is placed in and he can initiate and push the break pass and set up teammates and transition and in the half court setting, a very, very fierce competitor who's played a lot of high level games in FIBA and as well as for the U 21 Israeli team. Similar to Luka Doncic playing in EuroLeague, uh, having that playing in big games early on. Uh, so I don't think the bright lights would scare him coming into the NBA, uh, but definitely more athletically than probably he's used to. So he definitely had to work on those little things uh, to be a little bit more better on the defensive end and translate here into the NBA. But he can create his own shot, ball handle pretty well. As I mentioned, he's a great passer. He can score at all three levels. He needs to be a little bit better three-point shooter, but I think that will come in time. Um, I think he could be an average defender in his league and keep some people in front of him. He can block shots at his position, whether he has is the three or the four. And I compare him before to Dario Saric, but I've also seen Hidu Turkoglu as a comparison for Danny Avila. However, I think Anthony Edwards would be my first choice if they were to trade up in the more logical choice. And then you mentioned LaMelo Ball. I can see that potentially working as well if they did trade up there. But if they're not there and Danny Avila is there and they really like Danny who like I said, he has been training here in Atlanta to get ready for the draft. Who knows? Personally, I don't think you make the trade if Edwards or Ball are not up there, and it's not a great deal for the Hawks as far as maybe taking a player off their books that they don't want like a dead man, even though his contract is up next season. So you're not teams wouldn't be obligated to him long. Uh, so I think the spots that the Hawks are currently sitting at would be better than trading up, per se. But I will leave my last, you know, thoughts. Your your last thoughts on this before moving on to the scenario of trading back in the draft. Uh, I, I I like his game, but for me personally, it's very hard for me to analyze European players because sometimes their game translates well. Sometimes they're they are as physical and can handle the NBA game. Like you know, sometimes you get a Luca. Sometimes you get a Kristaps. Other times, you know, you get like a Jan Vaselli or something or, <laughs> or Darko uh, just, Milicic. <laughs> yeah, you know, so it, it's 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 really hard to 
figure out the, the these European players fits. It's really like a, a, a roll of roll a roll of the dice. So um like you know, and then this year it's hard to assess players too, just with the seasons being shortened and people being yes. suspended and all that stuff. So it's it's a really hard year to assess them. So I can't imagine what it's like being in these draft rooms right now trying to figure this out. Um but he looks he looks like the role, man. Like he looks like he can he he can definitely be a, a great fit and he can he can plug in, but it's it's just risky. I feel like with these with these European players, like I think I think with with, with Luca in in the league right now, I think that's that's the league's gym right now for these European players. So I don't know if we're gonna find another player of Luca's talent right now, but I, I don't I don't know how great of a role player he could be either. It's just for me, like I said, it, it's hard for me to to really. Uh, assess him um, and just see if, if he'd be a good fit, if it'd be worth trading down, trading up for. Um, but I've, I've heard great things about him, but it's, 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 it's hard for me to say. And just like the famous broadcaster on ESPN, Chris Bergman, it's why we played the game. And it's why, why teams bring him in for workouts. And I know that the Warriors have brought him in for workouts and other teams. And as I mentioned, uh, rumor had it that he was doing his pre-draft work here in Atlanta, uh, which mm-hmm. may, may have given him a leg up from other uh, European prospects of being here in America and training and being more available for teams to reach out and try to bring him into their facility to check them out as well. So we'll see. At this point, as I mentioned, the spot that the Hawks are in, there are many teams that would want to trade back or trade up as far as many experts saying that the prime real estate in the draft is after four into about 14 in a draft with the prospects they have that could develop into great role players or starters in this league. And for those teams that are wanting to get in the front of the line where the Hawks are at, at six, depending on you know what they offer, could be a, a, a lucrative deal for the Hawks, especially if they can get a proven contributor. So we will explore a little bit more options of trading back in the draft. One of the guys that we mentioned before, whose draft stock has been spalling, but I still like him as a player, uh, Devin Vassell, the Atlanta product from Florida State. I think he would be a good fit for Atlanta, especially with his ability to shoot the three, defend. He's efficient. Uh, doesn't play make like some of the others we've mentioned, but he has the potential to do it. I think he is an underrated passer. Uh, but the system did not call for him to do that in Florida State. So maybe being in the system in the NBA to ask for that, maybe he could show more in that regard. So that that's neither here nor there. What do you think of Devin Vassell personally? I think he'd be a great fit just just off his three and D potential. I I, I don't think he's he's limited uh, as a as a three and D player, but just. If that's what you want to plug him in as, I think he's really great off off the catch, and that's exactly what uh, the Hawks need. And uh, with his with his size and his wingspan, he could defend. I think like one through three. I'm just hoping his his jumper isn't isn't messed up like it is in that video. I hope that's not a uh, that, that that that's not real. Um, so <laughs> if that jumper is as efficient as it was in college, it'll definitely translate over. And I think his his energy and effort on defense is is a great fit. I think. He could come off the bench. I think he could he could start. I think between him and and Herder and Reddish, they could all be in, in interchangeable. And I I think you know he he just he fits what the Hawks are trying to do, or what I think the Hawks are trying to do. I think he fits in in that. Yeah, and for disclosure, audience, this video that of of Devin Vassell's shot as of late that uh, Jordan mentioned to me is one of the reasons why I was like, oh wow, yeah. And then I, I saw Tyrese Halliburton. I'm like. Okay, maybe maybe I can you know go with him here. 
but we've already talked about him in the program about what the potential fit with him being pretty dom- ball dominant. We'll see what he does in the league. He's a player that needs the ball in his hand. Uh, but Devin Vassell isn't a player that necessarily needs the ball in his hand. So that, and I think in that regard, he could be a good fit. But I, I would like to see the jump shot. And I wish that we were in a normal year where we could see, you know, the combine and get more. And, you know, they obviously had the full season. They continue to have more film to see and really break down and dissect his game. But I think with the small sample size that, you know, we've seen from him, I think he can definitely fit. Another player, if they do trade back for that I have mentioned, personally, I think he's the best shooter in the draft, Aaron Neesmith from Vanderbilt. Very efficient player. Would need to work on a defensive end. Sorry for the jingle. My cat is in the room, uh, Missy Elliott. So Missy needs to calm down with the scratching. But however, Aaron Neesmith, back to him. Uh, needs to work on the defensive end. He's known as a shooter. And I would like for him, you know, once getting into the league, if he could add an element of playmaking that J.J. Reddick has added late in his career with his ability to shoot the three and stress the defense, uh, you know, to have the defender close and then do the nice little quick bounce pass to the screener cutting to the basket. I know that that's been some easy offense for the Pelicans, which, you know, they're known for scoring and pushing the pace as well and similar to the Hawks. So maybe Aaron Neesmith could come in, be a really good shooter for this Hawks team, add some different elements to his game and being six, six with a six ten wingspan, maybe be, Adequate on the defensive end. We definitely need to work on that. Uh, what are your thoughts on Aaron Neesmith? Uh, first, we're not overlooking your cat's name, Missy Elliott. <laughs> oh, yeah. Miss, <laughs> Mr. Mina said that, so. That's that's hilarious. I think he's a good fit, too, uh, Aaron, Aaron Neesmith. I like I like his his game. He definitely has a lot of a, a, a lot of good fit to play off the ball. You know, him, like you said, his, his back cutting is, is moving around. Um I don't think he's as strong as a finisher at the rim, you know, and like with playmaking. But as far as just a, a role player who can, you know, catch and shoot, you know, make a quick read or whatever, I think I think he's good. He'll, he'll be active. He'll keep the offense kind of flowing. Um, I, and I think with that offense, the Hawks are going with his his energy and his movement will definitely fit right in. But uh, he, he definitely needs to get get better with his ball handling and finishing at the rim and just his, his, his playmaking ability. But I think, you know, just offensively and, you know, I think he's, he's a very strategic player. So if, if you get him in the right schemes and stuff on defense, he could definitely help. You know, I don't think he'll be like a, a, a minus at all. Um, but I think he, he definitely is a good team defender. I think he can be. So I think he fits uh, what the Hawks will want. I don't know if that'd be smart to trade back for him. I don't think he's, I, I don't think that's, you know, an immediate need that they're looking for. I think you could find a few other people like that. He, he is a great shooter though, but I just don't think that would be smart to trade back for a player like his caliber. Yeah. Especially with, a, like, as you mentioned, a lot of things that he would need to work on outside of his shooting and his cutting ability and playing off the ball. Uh, you mentioned finishing at the rim defensively. So I, I definitely see where you're coming from. And I, I agree with those sentiments as well, but I know this next player and the last player in this segment that we've talked about that you like, I like, and Hawks fans, uh, we're going to introduce you to him because whether with us or another team, I think this kid is going to be a, a pretty decent player in the league for a while. Desmond Bain. He's very intriguing to me as another prospect, very efficient two guard who can pass, shoot, rebound, which is, you know, the things that, you know, all teams would want, especially the system the Hawks are running are looking for. I think he would be a great guard alongside of Trey Young. He shot 43.3% from three in college and is a capable, more than capable off ball shooter 
and he's carved out a niche as a set shooter in his time at TCU. He has the size and strength to be a pretty good defender at 6'5", 215, and the instincts to get steel. He's a mature player, played four years at TCU. I know that that's been a knock on his draft status. That's why he is projected later first round, early second round by some experts. But I never discount experience and maturity because I think that they can those players can translate a little bit better to the league. I mean, look at uh, Brunson in Dallas. Older player, played a lot of years at Villanova, was a, a winner a winner there. And I, he seamlessly, you know, came on to Dallas and made an immediate impact as a backup guard and could, you know, start in spells due to the injury. And this was a very smart player. And Desmond Bain could be that two guard as well. Uh, so, but I'm gonna let you talk a little bit more about Desmond since you you brought him up in our pre episode talk, and it's funny that we both kind of see eye to eye on this player. Yeah, no, I think I think he's he, he's definitely solid. He, he's he's a really good system player. Um, that's the word I was looking for when I was talking about Aaron, Aaron Neesmith, the 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 system player. So with the right system and the right schemes, they could definitely they'll, they'll definitely have have long careers. And and that's that's why I like him to be a, a a backup for Trey or even play alongside of him. He has that 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 leadership and that that foundation where he kind of is a bit more experienced at that point guard position. And so I think you know when the offense needs a bucket or they need to kind of slow it down, like he's kind of that guard that could get it to the right person, get him to the free throw line, or just get himself to the free throw line to to get a bucket and you know change up the momentum. With him, him being a, a, a four-year starter, that's what you get in those players. They got the IQ; they're ready to take the floor. So they're just—I I, think—they're just pro ready. So you can't really ever go wrong with four-year player, in my opinion. Well, I mean, you can go wrong, but it's hard to go wrong, I guess, with a lot of four-year players, just because they have a good foundation. So that's why I—I I, I like him. I, I'm hearing that you know he's—he's going to go late in, in in the first round. Whoever gets him, he's going to be a steal because I think he's going to come in and contribute uh, immediately and just and just ha- help that team off. I don't think he's going to be like the you know the the thing that gets him over the hump that makes him a playoff team or anything like that. But he's definitely a good backup for you know when your point guard needs a breather. I think he's somebody that you could plug in and not really have to worry about you know him on the court or you know him him messing up the flow or anything. Yeah, I. 100% agree with because a lot of these four-year players who come into the league, they had the opportunity and the growth in college to know their strengths, know their weaknesses, know what they're good at. So they're not mm-hmm. going to come in and test the waters because they know their skill set. They know where their spots are on the floor, what what's efficient in their game and what's going to help to winning basketball with that team. Those players are a diamond dozen, and they don't get the credit that they deserve. A lot of people like to draft their potential, ceiling, you know, possibilities, all that. And there's nothing wrong with that because young players are exciting, and those are the, you know, the people who, you know, get fans excited, puts butts in the stands, gets ratings up, and people want to see the young, exciting prospect. But players like uh, Bain, I think, I think, as you mentioned, could make an immediate impact in, on a team, depending on if it's the Hawks, if they trade back or trade up, you know, in the second round and maybe get him or mm-hmm. if it's another team. So I'm not going to say a dark horse for rookie of the year, but definitely he's a player that Hawks fans watch out in the draft, see where he goes. Keep an eye on him because uh, I would like to see, you know, me and Jordan be right on this. 
uh, as far as you know him coming in contributing and you can come back to us and be like hey you guys are right but hey I, I like being right but we'll admit i'll admit when i'm wrong too i don't know about jordan but i'll admit when i'm uh, wrong yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we are both very we don't we don't have we're not prideful people so we'll admit it so the last thing we'll talk about before we wrap up this episode uh, and foreshadow to the next episode is draft package teasers involving the draft or just the Hawks in general. Um, I know I've mentioned potentially us trading for Oladipo, the DeMar DeRozans, the connection with Golden State. Uh, there's a lot of chatter about trades this offseason just because the conversation of the salary cap, we really don't know where that's going to be set at. And we don't know at, at this point what the season's going to look like, how long free agency is going to be i know that there's some murmurs that oh we want to do the the draft obviously november 18th and there's a scenario where they do a 72 game season and start three days before christmas very very short time not enough time for the you know the players to recover which means free agency is going to have to go quick not a lot of you know time for rest and relaxation especially for the heat and lakers who played pretty deep into the fall mid-fall and then having to turn around and start a season with training camp no preseason and try to start tip off that early i think i imagine the players association will fight back on that but we'll see what happens there but as far as trades we have the cap space here in atlanta uh, what are some trade teasers that you want to put out? Um, I'm going to do, do a little bit more research, hear a little bit more chatter, and then I'm going to save that for next episode where we're looking to have a little forum to start some chatter, get some things going, bounce some ideas off of some uh, wonderful people, including Jordan, to see what could the Hawks do as far as trade? What should they look for? What should they accept? What should they reject? I know uh, Brad Rowland mentioned a trade scenario where the Hawks to try to trade up in the draft with the Bulls and get Zadarensky from the Bulls to be uh, a backup point guard, maybe play alongside of Trey Young. He's 6'7". Not a great defender, but gives effort on the defensive end. It, it, it doesn't, you know, blow the doors off and say, oh, we're in a playoff team next year with him. But a good player fits in need. But what draft or more trade package teasers are you going to throw out there before our, you know, illustrious conversation that we have next week? I think I think the Hawks might be interested in looking at Davis Bertans from Washington. He's a free agent and he's up for a pretty big deal. And I think I think he's going to be a hot commodity with, with any team. But him just being a stretch four or five, I think the Hawks have the salary cap to do that. You know, with them, that would be, of course, you know, if they trade uh, JC. I think. Um, it could be like a sign and trade or something with, with Davis Bertans, but I think he would be exactly w- what the Hawks want, possibly a Jeremy Grant, but I think D- Denver is going to lock him up. But somebody that of ilk, I think, is what the Hawks are kind of kind of going to be, be be looking for to stay, you know, like, like to stay under the salary cap too. And then depending on what they do with this draft pick, I think all, all of that can be considered the relations with the Warriors. Um, I think there's teams out there that are looking to look for a third contender. So I think, or, you know, a third playmaker on their team. And I think John Collins will be a hot commodity. So I think, you know, those are just a few, a few teasers that I've been thinking about. 
Okay. And before we, you know, wrap up this episode, uh, like I said, I, I'm not going to give anything. I'm going to, you know, go back and do my due diligence. Uh, you mentioned you mentioned Davis Bertans. I mentioned him on his program already. Who do you think would be a better fit for this Hawks team, Bertans or Joe Harris, who's also a free agent and known to be a little bit better defender than Bertans and can shoot, obviously, one of the best three-point shooters in this league? Who do you who do you like better between Bertans and Joe Harris? I like Bertans just because him being a stretch four and five. I think I think Joe Harris is great, but like I said last week, I think Kevin Herter can feel what what Joe Harris can do, and I, I don't think the Hawks need to spend their money on that. I think. If you're going to spend money, you need to look at a complimentary piece to Trey, and I think that would be a stretch four or a stretch five. And just you know, just adding d- defense around them. Like like I told you before we talked, uh, they got a guy on, on the College Park uh, team, on their G League team, uh, Tajir McCall. He's a elite defender. He's, the, he's a great defender in college. He was in the G League with the Long Island Nets, and he, he was he's locking up every, everybody in the G League, and the Hawks have him. On, on their G League team, and I think he fits in with their offensive scheme and defensively, him playing alongside Trey and Cam Reddish, I think he, he would be great. I'm sure Trey and Cam know about him. He's probably locking them up in practice and everything, too, so <laughs> I think the Hawks should, should, should look into that, especially if they're trying to not not necessarily spend a, a, a lot of money and they're trying to, they want to pay a veteran to come here. You need to look at w- what they have, and also a, a random player is a Trayvon Duval, you went to Duke, I think, a couple yes. years ago. I think he would be a, a amazing backup for a Trey or to play alongside him. He he's not that great of a shooter, but I think everything that he does offensively and defensively for that two guard lineup that you know these teams are trying to do him and Trey, I think would be an amazing fit. Uh, in in my opinion, so we could get more into that next week on the next segment as well too. But uh, yeah, those are just a few of my takes. I, I, I like it. I like I know there was a recent story on Trayvon Duvall and how he's trying to still make roads into the NBA and the work that mm-hmm. he's done. Uh, so that's a great article out there. Uh, I can't remember exactly the source, but definitely Google it and read upon that before our conversation. Next episode here on Hoop Ball Hawks. And I, I talked to Jordan about this already. I, we need to start a hashtag. Hashtag call up McCall. Call up McCall. <laughs> Call I, up McCall. I, I, I love it because uh, I was a graduate assistant at uh, Southern Illinois University, Edwardsville, in the same conference where McCall was playing. He was at Tennessee State in an in, in Ohio Valley Conference, a pretty underrated uh, mid-major basketball conference, if I had to say. And he, he transferred from Niagara to Tennessee State, sat out one year, and then the, the last two years he played at Tennessee State was first-team all-conference. Both of those years he played and Defensive Player of the Year twice back to back when he when he was in the conference and i remember him I being a, a, a very very tough defender there and he was the first player in tennessee state history uh tennessee state university's history to be defensive player of the year and let alone you know go back to back and he's the all-time steals leader there and with the single season record there with 72 steals in one season is what i saw so a very good defender um, I'm glad that the Hawks have them in their back pocket on the Skyhawks. I didn't know all that. that yeah, that's, he, that's, that's crazy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so, so, and then it's funny that when when we had the on, offline conversation about it, I was like, "Why does that name sound familiar?" And then I looked it up. I was like, "I remember him, and I yeah. remember how what he was doing in college." And then for what you told me, what he was doing in the G League, whew, uh, yeah, to have someone that fills those needs that we've talked about on this program famously in our backyard already 
that, that that's great. It's only going to make the team better because he's a player that will make everybody else better as far as how great he is defensively. But if we can get him on the court for the Hawks, and I think he's played a couple games for the Brooklyn Nets in spells. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so if we can get him on the court somehow, some way, and maybe he can have that Dort effect defensively. Oh, uh, yeah. Yeah, this guy, this, this guy is the limit. Hashtag call up McCall. Hashtag call up McCall. So with that, I want to thank you again, Jordan, for coming on again this week. He's going to be back next week. Jordan Boatwright, that's his government name, a.k.a. Swissful Athletics, Mr. Atlanta Player Development, hashtag Atlanta Basketball Trainer. Once again, thank you for coming on the show. Tell the audience how they can connect with you and what you got going on. Uh, the same as last week, just, uh, hit me up on, on Instagram or email, or if you got my number, just call, text me, whatever. All my information is on my Instagram page. You heard the man hit him up on the social, engage with him. If, if you have, you or a loved one, uh, wants to work and progress their game, I'm sure that he would definitely take you on and give you some tidbits. He's done some great work with some players who are in the league overseas, just, just shining, just shining at this point. So definitely hit up. Mr. Atlanta player to development. So, and if you love what you heard on this show today, give us five stars like the notebooks and binders that it seemed like all the cool kids had in school. Jordan, did you have a five star notebook or binder in, in school? Yeah, I think I think I had a notebook or yeah. a, a few of those five star notebooks actually. It, it, it was a status symbol in school, yeah. And I yeah, mean, I, I, had, I had them as well. So you know, we both some cool cats. So give us five stars like the notebooks and binders. Uh, give us a good review. Share with fellow Hawks fans and basketball enthusiasts across the globe. Follow us at HoopBallHawks on Twitter. That is at HoopBallHawks. Follow myself at BradJarrett67 on Twitter. That is Brad, J-A-R-R-E-T-T, 67. And I'm going to give a strong yearn.